Hello and welcome back to the Double One Radio Gamescast. As always, I'm your host, Ryan, and today I'm joined by my illustrious co-stars, Wyatt. Hi. <laughs> Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep it simple. I'm gonna keep it simple this uh, hello. week. No, well, why you cut out? Halfway, you yeah. Like oh, second oh, half I... of high just got cut out. It was oh. very funny. Yeah, I kept it even simpler. In bed. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, a pounding headache. <laughs> That's the perfect yeah. way to start the show. Yeah. All right. So, as always, we have a. We're gonna let's go. Let's go over the docket real quick, so everyone knows what to expect from the show. So today, yeah, we're, we're kind of switching the format up a little bit. <laughs> Not the format, but we're we're gonna. Focus a little more on having actual discussions and a little less on news. The news, we're basically going to rapid fire hit things. If there's something really important that we really want to talk about, we'll talk about it. But like in the case of like, we have the God of War announcement, but we don't know anything. So we're going to say God of War 2 is announced. We just don't know. (laughs) We know nothing. It gave all of us chills, but we know nothing. All right. So that's that's what to expect from now. And so we're going to talk about the Sony showcase, the Nintendo partner direct, and uh, we're going to have a discussion about how to launch consoles and a little bit of talk about the Black Ops beta, which we'll talk, we'll talk more about that likely next week once we have a, a clearer docket without all the news from everywhere. Because it's been a crazy week. We also got some pre-order fiascos to talk about. Uh, but first, as always, we have an award to give out. And this one, this one is actually an award that can have multiple winners. It can have a nominee from each of us. Oh. All right. So what this award is, is the Double One Radio Gamescast Most Memorable Characters of the Decade Award. Oh, jeez. Now, oh, the, geez. the criteria for this is when I said that, what characters came to your mind? I don't <laughs> First. know! <laughs> so each of us gets, gets one nominee for this, and by nominee, I mean we're taking everyone's, and then we might come back to this at the end of the year and actually determine the best character of the last decade. Uh, I'm also going to say, we're going to kind of keep out any characters from this year only. Just because we don't know if they're actually more memorable or if it's recency bias. Which unfortunately means, Gene, I'm sorry, bud. You're out. Rip. (laughs) Now, hold on. You said uh, uh, several points you said most memorable, and then another point you said best. There, there is a difference. I think. Um, I yeah, I this is most memorable, not best. Okay. Um, okay. Best is more like I think for a lot of people they're similar. So for like me, I think to me the character I remember the most is a hundred percent Geralt. Like hundred percent Geralt. Uh, I don't think anything Are else we... can take that from me. But <laughs> yeah, anyone else Are can we... throw out new things. Are we counting like like I don't know like. Are we allowed to say, I'm not going to say Mario, but are we allowed to say, like, Mario? Because he's been in games from before, like, 2010. Or are we yeah. just, just supposed to say things I mean, so, that are so from So I would say it's characters that had the most impact in the decade. Almost. Okay. Like, you got to give a reason as to why you remember them yeah. most from this decade. So it can't just be, like, Mario because he's historic. It has to be, like, Mario because <laughs> Odyssey was an incredible adventure and I remember it the entire time. Like, that kind of thing, you know? His voice actor just, you know, did such a good really job. His dialogue it. was just per- pitch perfect. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing my, my bet in there as Geralt instantly. Just because, like, next, The Witcher, I, w- I played all The Witcher games, and Witcher 3 was phenomenal. Uh, I, I mean, I was going to say Geralt. However, 
not that I necessarily disagree with you, but for me personally, it's uh oh shit. See, <laughs> it's 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 between you two. You blew it. You blew it's it between, already. It's between two. No, I I knew what I wanted, and then and now I'm having second. Uh, can I? Um. Come yeah, I'm gonna say goodness. Ellie. I'm Ellie. Gonna say Ellie. All right. Uh, okay, so important note here, Ellie. I do mean you, we're discounting things from this year. That means Last of Us Part Two not in this equation. Hey, Part One that I still that was in mind. It's it still checks out. I'm surprised if you're thinking of Part One, you think of Ellie and not Joel. Yeah, that <laughs> mean Tess. We're literally just talking about that. We're like Joel. That's that's the answer. <laughs> we both think it's Joel. By the way, that's my yeah. I, I figured that would be your bet, Ben. From Last of Us Part One, specifically in my case, because yeah, we're not. Ta- remember, no spoilers here. We're not going to spoil anything. Yeah. When I when I was saying like I'm I'm having a tough time, it was between Joel and Ellie. <laughs> yeah. See, the thing for me is I think Joel is much more memorable, especially in the first Last of Us. Yeah. Because you play I also it, think it's almost and... a justifiable thing to just say Joel and Ellie. As a so set, I, can because I say that, that does make them. Yeah, you can totally say that. Okay, cool. I was the, both of them. <laughs> I was just asking. A, yeah, I was just saying like, <laughs> you know, make sure we're we're thinking Last of Us Part One, just because I don't want to. Oh, yeah. I think no, a lot. Of, it's very easy for recent characters to get in here. Like I'm sure one of us probably would have said Gene <laughs> if, <laughs> if we had allowed that. Um, and it, of course, some of us would probably have said like Abby or Ellie or something from Last of Us Part Two specifically. Oh, Abby's memorable. Maybe not in a good way, but she's memorable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in some good ways, but we're, yeah, we had two podcasts about that. All right, Brett, we what's did. your, your pick? I, I'm, I'm like sweating right now, scrolling <laughs> through the games that came out this past decade as fast as yeah, I can. I, I, I had to do I'm that too, like because I was like, yo, 10 years? That is so long. Like, like, so many <sighs> good games have come out in the last 10 it's years. It's been a very complicated and Oh, you know what? Good Just for the sake of, of um, variety here, I'm actually going to change to um, John Marston from Red Dead 1. Uh, did that come out this decade? Yeah, 2010. Really? Literally right yeah, on that's the That's a good one. Yeah, I know it's... that would probably have been my second pick. Just for some variety. I still think Joel is probably the most, but we already have a, a Last of Us. Might as well get as many in here as we can, yeah. you know? Give, on the, on we're the topic, in the giving spirit today. On that topic, I, w- I would have said like a close runner-up for me would have been Arthur from uh, Red Dead 2. Yeah, I, I, no, I think John. I think honestly, I think John Marston blows Arthur out of the water. I'm not gonna lie. Ooh, mm. I'm gonna yeah. have to hard disagree you with that. Have to make love. <laughs> well, I have to talk about that. The end of Red Dead One. I was upset. Yeah, we have Tessa's pick in here as Joel. Don't worry, Tess yeah. is included in all right, this. All right, cool. <laughs> She's here in spirit. I mean, she's physically here with me as well. Yeah, but, but she's not on mic. So, right. <laughs> so not Change really. It doesn't count. No. <laughs> right, All right, Brett, exactly. Brett, we need we need your pick. <laughs> well, what what character from this past decade can possibly have more of a legacy from this point on and and be more memorable than than Sans Undertale himself? You know, oh, I think that's a, actually a decent point. <laughs> Oh my god! Because well, I was thinking, that I was, I was I, it, it, it's, it's an image on the screen right now for me. Because again, I was looking at, I was cheating. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's not cheating. It's, it's not cheating if you're confused and you gotta think of what the best is. You know, now the, best, the, the most memorable. Uh, last minute, I would like to change my answer to a uh, John Locke from a uh, from a uh, uh, or, or no Jameson Locke. Excuse me, 
from Halo 5. Everyone's <laughs> shy. Favorite. I hate you. I hate you so much. All right, much. we're not going to keep allowing changing answers. <laughs> okay, so we've got our picks. For everyone listening, that is Geralt, Joel, Joel and Ellie, uh, Sans, Undertale, and John <laughs> Those are our picks. Now oh, we might have we might in. revisit this. I, I say we might. We almost certainly huh. will revisit this and pick one of them. Oh yeah. There might be a heavy bias towards Joel and <laughs> or Joel. And I mean, Ellie. I think it's unfair because the second one just came out too, so it's kind of fresh in our minds here. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it's why I was, I was talking about the recency bias. Yeah. bias thing. I could see that if you're arguing for Ellie, but if you're arguing for Joel, I feel like. Well, yeah. For me, it's specifically Joel in the first game that's more memorable. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah. we we've talked about our game award that we've done. Now it's time to move on, and we're gonna go ahead and get the Nintendo stuff out of the way because it wasn't as as crazy as anything that happened. Again, we're gonna start skipping over minor announcements. Uh, so that stuff like Fitness Boxing Two, I don't think any of us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's like my most hyped vested thing. interest in in describing Fitness Boxing Two. All right. So basically, <laughs> we're getting two new Monster Hunters, both of which look very good. That's the gist of it for Switch specifically, uh, and they're kind of like the world follow up for Switch. That Switch players get their their Monster Hunter fix on the go, which is exciting. We're getting a new Disgaea game, Disgaea Six, which has swapped the art style from two D to three D. I don't. I'm a big fan of Disgaea. I'm excited for this. Three D is probably a little bit controversial, but I think uh, they could do well with it. I mean, like, as long as they animations. do some justice to the 2d art at the same time you know yeah like, i think i think it's just like this guy if they do something kind of like a, like a guilty gear-esque looking 3d that'd be sick but yeah that's kind of what, what it looks, looks like. like it's a little more chibi uh they showed the chicago mob themed tactical rpg empire of sin which we've seen a few times but we have an actual look at it and uh the release date is december 1st so that's cool empire of sins kind of like oh, a, a neat paradox little... yeah yeah it's it's a it's a neatish uh, I, w- I would I I'm a little hesitant to say like XCOM like, but with mafia yeah. but it, that is kind of like a it, it looks like it has a much yeah. a decent description. It's got a lot more going on, but that's I've been uh, on a pretty pretty hardcore paradox binge. Well, yeah, as much as a binge as you can be on paradox because I feel like you just, well, yeah, but you can. I'm not like on a multi-game binge because I've just been playing like, but anyway, Xbox Game Pass has a lot of their games. Yeah, and I've been playing a bunch of them. So. All right, uh, Sniper Elite Four is coming to Switch. Yay! The game's been out for a while. Long Dark's also coming to Switch. Hades uh, Shadow Drop released. So basically, they just announced that it was releasing and released it that day. So Hades released on Switch and on PC and everywhere else that Hades is, is available. It's a great roguelike. Moving on, uh, we saw more Balan Wonderworld. Switch version looked rough, like. Probably not something I would recommend buying on the Switch if it stays looking like this, but it's not coming out until March of next year, so it's got some time to cook. Uh, we're getting Rune Factory 5, which looks like a huge step forward for a franchise that was restricted to 3DS for the longest time. Uh, it's it's getting some major changes. It looks very, very cool now. If you're into Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing, this is probably a game to look into. And then Ori and the Will of the Wisps got announced to release the same day we did it we that, did it that's nintendo it. Wait, i don't know if anyone I thought, has well, any... I thought Ori was already announced it was oh, announced to, it, it was announced but it hadn't released so they they just released it oh day. okay 
yeah, so Ori on the Will of the Wisps is available on Switch as of now. It's a fantastic game. Ori is good. If I'd thought about it a little more, Ori might have been up there for the memorable characters. Might have. No. No. <laughs> Not but, for me. I don't know. I played close. Ori. Yeah, it's gonna be a future episode. Let's move on. Yeah. God. <laughs> what? The fastest it's gonna, it's gonna keep coming back. <laughs> we need you to calm your jets because we need to talk about we need to talk about people that have wings in, in Final Fantasy 16. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I went flatlined there for like 10 whole seconds while you were saying that I did not know where you were going. <laughs> yeah, I know, neither did I. And then I looked in the other tab and was like, yep, we gotta talk I about was, the Sony I was show. like, what is, what what is happening? Do they have wings? Uh, yeah, the guy had like a one wing that showed up at one point. You know, it's, it's classic Final Fantasy stuff. Uh, okay, I think some, there are some interesting things about Final Fantasy 16. Uh, I oh, think yeah. Brett, you're a fan of Final Fantasy as well? I am now. You are now. <laughs> I, I know <laughs> me personally, I'm a huge fan of Final Fantasy games. Uh, 15 was a little rough, but most of them are pretty good. To the point where I couldn't stand it. Yeah, to the point where <laughs> I finished it. Kind of regret finishing it, but <laughs> it was still fun. Uh, the combat was interesting. 16 definitely looks interesting. We, don't, we know very little about this, aside from the fact that it's medieval fantasy. Uh, which, which is, is definitely cool. a twist from where Final Fantasy has been going lately. Yeah, it looks cool. It's also coming to PS4 as well. It's not locked to next gen. It's exciting just, for Final Fantasy fans. Well, there was, uh, there was uh, also, also some confusion there is, there is around one, the go ahead, uh, around the the idea of this game being on PC because it was uh, you know during that announcement it was like oh it's coming to PC as well and then later they they uploaded a different trailer that was claiming it wasn't coming that was demon souls not this. oh that's demon souls yeah this it also said my, it coming to pc so people were a little bit confused uh right. demon souls was announced to be coming to pc but then also not so <laughs> no one really knows at this point uh yeah so so the interesting thing with 16 is that it's being mostly hounded by a lot of the team behind final fantasy 14 which is the mmo uh, which has also been kind of credited as one of the best Final Fantasy stories that have been written. I keep I keep thinking I should probably try that because I keep hearing nothing but good things about it. Yeah, 14's story-wise is one of the better Final Fantasy narratives that I think is, has been made. And it's also the same team behind the music. And 14's music is something else. <laughs> it is phenomenal. And I'm super excited to get a, a like single-player Final Fantasy like, for me, them being behind the music is a selling point on its own. Like, that will get me to buy the game. <laughs> Regardless of how good it is. Because 14's soundtrack is amazing, especially Stormblood. Uh, Alright, so moving on past Final Fantasy, unless anyone else has last words. It looks cool. Nope, great. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Uh, we've got been, It's been announced this game, I believe, is $50. It's not full price, but it's close. And you can get a bundled version for 70 that includes the remaster of the first game for PS5. Uh, it, we saw gameplay. It clearly is running on the same engine, and it looks really good. So, not time else to say. There, it's very clearly Miles. He's using like his electric powers and everything. Very I think cool. if you're going to be playing this game on a PS5, you're the the selling point for a PS5 version would probably be frame rate. Like obviously a higher resolution, yeah. most definitely, but like the selling yeah. point is probably a higher frame rate. Cause and I hopefully can't, the yeah. swing speed isn't locked. 
because like thinking fast enough because like oh my goodness like thinking about playing through spider-man again at 60 frames per second is oh anyway we need to move on (laughs) (laughs) it it is a very very good looking Uh, game so far all right, now we have, I think, probably our most, like, interesting announcement is the uh, the Harry Potter RPG. Whoa. Is it an RPG? It is an RPG. Yes. So we, we know a bit about this. It is, I, I vaguely remember it being confirmed that it's single player, but it was also rumored. So right now I'm going to say it's rumored that this will be a single player RPG. We know it's an RPG. Uh, they did show, like, a, a cinematic of two wizards next to each other fighting, so maybe it'll be co-op. We don't, we don't know that, though. Uh, we know nothing about like the actual structure of this game. I I kind of hope it's co-op at most. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's co-op at most. I would like it to, to it. not be an MMORPG. Uh, it's called Hogwarts but... Legacy. It takes place in the late 1800s, which for me is which the is most cool. exciting part. It's it, that's interesting. Yeah, just because that's a, a cool little era, and uh, I think a lot of people are justifiably not super on board with J.K. Rowling anymore. No. But apparently she is basically not involved with this game at all, which has me excited. That's good. See, it's, it's so funny because like, typically when you, have, uh, when you have a game that's like yeah. adapted from something and none of the original creators are behind yeah. it, people are like, what the heck? Worried. But in this case, it's like, no, nah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I am more than okay with that. That's kind of how I prefer it. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully this comes out and is good. We didn't really get a, a release date or anything for this. Uh, we might see it in 2021. We might see it in 2022. It, it did say 2021. Yeah. Okay. So th- we did see this leaked two years ago in 2018. Uh, and it got people pretty riled up then for looking pretty cool. So now yeah. it's looking pretty cooler. So <laughs> I mean, they, they didn't show a ton. Like they showed no. a bunch of snippets of random gameplay, but we didn't see any UI or anything that showed us like the game was actually being played. Uh, and a few parts of it looked a little unfinished, so it's clear it's still cooking. And like my bet is this is probably that, uh, holiday twenty twenty one. I was yeah. really surprised that the game kind of goes beyond Hogwarts, though. Like especially based on what it's yeah. called, I I would have assumed oh it's like an entirely explorable Hogwarts, which probably would have been like you know sold alone. But like the fact that it goes beyond uh, the castle is kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't know where they're going with that, but. Yeah, and also it it does say at least on the thing that I'm reading about it here, it does say open world single player action RPG. So single player is emphasized okay. by uh by Warner yeah. Bros. Oh no, okay, is like, it an RPG? Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! When was the last like good Harry Potter game that we came had out? A good Harry Potter. Have we, have we had one? Are good. Uh, Wizard one. Oh well, yeah, but I'm talking real time. There was the uh, one good Lego games one fun, but... was definitely Hello? the the like GameCube ones were pretty good. They weren't amazing, right. but they were pretty good. This I'm ready for a Harry Potter Renaissance, man. Yeah, <laughs> give me give me like a whole bunch of give me. Well, a have you not read the Cursed Child? No. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> yeah, good. It's not, it's not very good. Uh, <laughs> All right, that, I think that's most of what we wanted to say. I think you'll know if you're interested in this, if you like Harry Potter or not. This is definitely something that I think a lot I mean, of people that are of gaming age right now have, have grown up a, with. a good ARPG as well. Yeah, I really hope it's a good RPG. Give me those skill trees. All right. <laughs> so many. I want Path of Exile Harry Potter edition. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, so then we saw the, uh, the Black Ops Cold War first campaign level. We're gonna save the discussion uh, for this for when we talk about the beta. 
Because I Just think we got some yeah, stuff to say idea. about this. Okay. <laughs> I was going to rag on the campaign a little bit. Quick Me rundown. <laughs> where we all want to rag on the campaign, so we're going to move on and rag on it later. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, we saw some more village, Resident Evil Village trailer stuff. I'm excited. That's I'm cool. hoping they kind of take the Resi 7. Oh, yeah, the Resi. No? Yeah, 7. 7 was the one. <laughs> 7 was the first one. Biohazard. Yeah, I hope they take that formula and just kind of make it better. Yeah, like I, I think I think Resi Seven was hit the nail on the head. That was oh, a really totally. good way to. Yeah, it was super good. Some parts uh, in the trailer that kind of reminded me of uh, Outlast Two, actually, yeah. because they both kind of have like a kind of creepy, rundown village kind of aesthetics at certain points. So, like, kind of reminded me of that, which was interesting. Yeah. All right. So moving on, uh, we saw some more Soulstorm, Oddworld Soulstorm. Again, looks good. Not we yeah. not a ton new to talk about here. We've kind of talked about it yeah. before. So moving on again, we saw a new Five Nights at Freddy's called Security Breach. <laughs> I've never understood those games. I've never no. understood the appeal. <laughs> I mean, it looked like you could get out of a chair in this one. I think so. Oh, yeah. It looked like a game instead of a instead of a cylindrical PNG. Yeah, which is <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, I think uh, the, the gist with Five Nights at Freddy's is this is probably the wrong podcast to come for, to for your Five Nights at Freddy's news. Uh, speaking of which, Death that already. <laughs> speaking of which, Death Loop, and then speaking of which, Demon Souls, because we've seen Death Loop a hundred times, and I think oh, we're yeah, all at that point where we can wait to play it. Yeah, we're all sold. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. need to keep showing us more. All right, uh, we saw some gameplay of Demon Souls, and guess what? It looks like Demon Souls. <laughs> Wow. It looks like Demon Souls but new and the guy was one-shotting everything probably because gameplay demo. It was a great yeah. it, it was a great demo for the PS5 though because it really oh, showed us how, oh, yes. how quickly those different areas load though. And it's how pretty, good they look. Like this was pretty, a good it's looking almost game. like the single most effective and cost-efficient upgrade for any gaming PC has always been an SSD. And for some reason <laughs> consoles have not followed suit in that because it's always been cost-efficient and super, All right, super who are like PC elitist to this episode. <laughs> no, get him out of here. That's not even PC elitism. I know, I know, I know. Like, I know, it's I just know. the truth. Like, yeah, and I mean, it's SSDs also like cheap. they're now pushing so basically long. more than SSDs. Like the way these architectures are designed is even a little bit more integrated than SSDs because they can design them as basically on motherboard storage. Their own, it's their own fancy true. PlayStation SSD. I think people really. should be more excited about SSDs in the next consoles than anything else. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think I that's, that's going to be like the, the biggest part. $70 for the game, though. Yeah. We're gonna, we'll, we'll get to that. We're going to we'll have a discussion to... about that after this. But for I do, sure. but, oh, for Dark Souls? But before for we... Yeah. One thing I do want to say, like... Obviously, it's hard to tell because none of these systems are out, but it seems like what people have been, like, the rumor is that the Series X is, like, a little bit more powerful than the PS5, but that's not much of an issue if PS5 is really leaning on this whole SSD thing, and that really could make the difference, yeah. even if it's Honestly. slightly less powerful, inconceivably less powerful. <laughs> yeah, the the differences between consoles have never been significant enough. And even then, I think a In lot of people have hit the like... point with this console generation like the PS4 and Xbox One, that we've kind of hit that point of diminishing returns with visuals yeah. where we sure. don't need super incredible graphics enhancements aside from stuff like particle effects are still really important. 
but like model detail is already hitting that point of just looking amazing oh yeah it's gone are the days of like whoa this is new generation is crazy you know like Like, ps2 to ps3 is never gonna happen again particles now (laughs) Uh, I would say like facial yeah. facial animation is is probably a yeah, but there. I mean, we have Last still... of Us Part Two is on PS4. Though. Yeah, <laughs> like the game exists still, on PS4. I feel like that comes more down to the animators and stuff like yeah. that. Like I feel like and there's the tech. The tech is there. It's just a matter of the technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the talent. ability to execute and talent, that. Yeah, because it is super yeah, yeah. expensive to do that kind of thing. For sure. Yep, for sure. Too. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on, we saw Devil May Cry Five Special Edition. This is super exciting. We're getting. A special edition Devil May Cry again with Virgil playable. Uh, it's gonna be good for a lot of fans of Devil May Cry. Sad news, not coming to PC. Don't know why. Reporting <laughs> is hard. Uh, it's we're getting Virgil on PC. We're just not getting the special edition with the reduced load oh. times and everything, which is weird. Uh, but yeah, it's it's so it's not full price on PS5. I believe it's fifty dollars to pick this up. So yeah, if you haven't played Devil May Cry Five, that'll probably be a great launch title for a PS5. Moving on. <laughs> we saw Fortnite. Moving on. Yes. Wow. Moving on. We saw AT. Thank God. For I, was, I was really worried it wasn't coming for a minute. I was. Yeah. They had me worried there for a minute. They had me in the first half. Not going to lie. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Then we saw Ragnarok coming in 2021. Whoa. Exciting. We don't know anything about the game yet. So. <laughs> guess what? I would guess Ragnarok's going to go down. I don't oh. know, though. I don't know. <laughs> so I would guess I'm probably going to buy it, regardless of what oh, any, I, anything that's shown. Even, I'm not even. I'm not even guessing. God I of War was, was so good. I think <laughs> even if it's even if it's bad, even if the trailers, everything, everybody tells me not to, I'm going to buy it anyway. Because I need to hear Kratos say "boy" one more time. <laughs> <laughs> one more time. One more time. All right. So that is our 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 big news. That's all of our big news. We did Whoa. it. We got through it. That was so big too. Guess what? We are under the half hour mark. Yeah, oh, this shows what here. we can do when we put our minds to things. This no, shows what we can do when mm. we don't put our mind to things. Because when we put our mind to things, we say too many things. Yeah, then we get unfocused. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which means we gotta for stop now, thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think what the problem is we need to cut off the sentences where we go, we need to, and then just stop. Yeah. yeah. Just don't keep going. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we we put off the Black Ops discussion. We're slotting into Black Ops discussion now. All right. Let's do this. <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops. Um, War. War. Yeah. Um, video, Brett, yeah. do you want to start? I yeah, because I'll I'll take less time than you will. You yeah, know. probably. Remember, <laughs> we're going over the campaign first, then we'll go over multiplayer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So all right. So and just obviously what we've seen, I would yeah. imagine, um, right. unless anyone has you know, four contelling powers. I did not. The only COD campaigns I've played because I've been a Halo boy for the longest time, and I just think the multiplayer is fun. It's it's only been uh, I almost said Cold War, <laughs> World at War, <laughs> um, and uh, and the newest Modern Warfare, and that's like it. So I don't really know anything about the Black Ops stories, and I don't really like like obviously I know about like all the the. Of all the new commissions and no Russian or whatever in the old modern warfares, but like the the new modern warfare was pretty disappointing for me because it had so many awesome ideas, but this like this whole curtain of of America's so cool that we're just gonna tell you that all nations are bad, but like keep believing that America's the coolest guys. And I'm just kind of like, okay, shut up. And you know what? After that, 
I'm really glad to see a story that really just doesn't seem to care and has an RCXD chasing a plane. That looks like a lot of fun. During the Cold War. That's the During big the part Cold for War. Me. <laughs> I listen, the, the from we'll talk about the multiplayer, but I like they just shouldn't have called this game Cold War at all because I don't know if they had There's RC cards. Cold the about War. it. Absolutely not. Yeah, no, it's, I, in their defense, in yeah. their defense, the RCXD was a thing from the original Black Ops, so that's yeah. probably a it's well, it's they, a holdover from the original, you know. It's well, I mean, the, I think the R sixty is sick. What are you talking about? It's no, fun. it's it's awesome. But like, if if people are oh, it wasn't a Cold War thing. It's like yeah, but it was in the first one. So like, whatever. It's Call of Duty. Yeah. All right, if you're looking all right. for historical accuracy, you're in the wrong place. I mean, but I, I think the important part is for this discussion, like saying it's Call of Duty does not is not a an answer especially, to an argument, especially especially because Modern Warfare changed up so much of what we yeah. like know about Call of Duty. Um, which is perfectly leads into what I have to say, which is uh, I'm very disappointed that it didn't keep going down the route that Modern Warfare was going down because I don't disagree with Brett in that uh, it doesn't really depict uh, U.S. military history in the in a very accurate way uh, or a very unbiased way. I agree with that. However, I do think uh, that it stepped away from the stupid over the top. Brett, did you ever did you ever watch that link I sent you? By the way, the one of called World at War. I forgot. Okay, World War II's train sequence is one of the most ridiculous. I showed it to Ryan, yeah, and yeah. we were both laughing for a solid like five minutes. It's because it's like five minutes long. Ludicrous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Anyway, I'm really glad that Modern Warfare stepped away from that, and it was more about these like really more like subtle, tense uh, moments rather than like planes falling apart and crashing into buildings and stuff it wasn't stupid but it was it was still a lot of fun in a very different kind of way and i thought that was great like so many sequences of like oh you're you're fighting in piccadilly circus but you have to discern like civilians from who's shooting you or there's bits where it's like really really dark and there's enemies sneaking around so you have to try and find them or uh you're walking through a hospital and everyone there's a bunch of like people on stretchers and you don't know who's just going to pop up at last minute and shoot you it's all these really cool tense moments that I've never seen in a Call of Duty game before. And I kind of wish that Cold War would kind of go down that route because, you know, Treyarch does a lot of that stuff already. Uh, but no, we're back to really dumb explosions and the plane blowing up and crashing around everyone. Uh, and I think it's kind of disappointing because I think they could have taken that a lot further. Yeah. They also didn't get the original voice actor for Woods, and that makes me very sad. The last, like serious call of duty treyarch has made was world at war to be honest like yeah i mean what well, i really enjoyed world at war's campaign no world at war is black ops took without a doubt one of the play. best no i was mean black ops started getting funky with the numbers mason you know what i'm saying like no but, but like <laughs> no but it was still but it took its like it was kind of funky but it took itself yeah, seriously yeah, it but, and that's the like point. Is it was getting funky, stuff. whereas world at war yeah. was more of a standard. Not too funky. Like you got like it, it, it wasn't. Got a little funky. There was no a function. little bit, but it wasn't. But it wasn't something that overshadowed no, like, right. how serious it was taken. Yeah, but, but it's stuff that wasn't in stuff like World of War. I think that's that's the key difference here. Is World of War was a different type of of campaign yeah. than Black Ops, and I, like I'm saying that as someone who enjoyed both World of War and Black Ops's campaign pretty much equally, but they're different experiences. They're 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 not the same thing. I think Black Ops was close. Was still grounded enough, though. I think. Why it has a point. And yeah, yeah, it is important uh, to point out that this is Call of Duty Cold War Black Ops, right? Like, it's still yeah, a Black yeah. Ops game. Black Ops 2 started to really deviate from reality. Right. 
That's true, but it's also probably one of the best Call of Duty campaigns oh, ever made. It's fantastic, fun. honestly. Like I've been replaying both of them recently, and and like I look, I like Black Ops a lot, but like Black Ops Two is just fantastic. It's so so good, um, and I I do like that they're bringing back you know the branching storyline. We haven't really seen how that plays out yet, but I I don't want to because I don't want to be spoiled. Yeah, but I kind of want to see but, that in the game. But I'm wondering how far they'll they'll take it because there was a lot of like really interesting ways that uh, that they did it in Black Ops Two. Like for example, like shooting certain characters in different parts of the body would change like the ending. And like if you save this character, they would then later on go on to save this character. Or like if you did a side mission at a different time, you wouldn't be able to save this character and stuff like. It was just there was so much uh, yeah. that would change the ending and stuff that you wouldn't even realize until after you played it. It was so so cool. I think for me, the most disappointing thing about this specific trailer for Black Ops, or Cold War is probably a better way to refer to it, is that it didn't feel like a Cold War. Like it yeah. that, that original cinematic trailer, I think, really sold the idea that this was in a very tense time period, and it was relying on that like tension and more serious yeah. nature. And then this and was just bombastic explosions, where... and yeah. the gun didn't even look like nothing we saw would look out of place in a, in a modern day Call of Duty is yeah. what was kind of bothering. Black Ops was set in so the, in kind of the same time span, and there were a lot of like explosions and stuff yeah. going on in that as well. Yeah, yeah but I, again, oh, this they, was excessive. They did use the like Vietnam you and I were looking War. at this, and and we were like, this is excessive while watching it. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Definitely. I. Well, it, and I I said it was excessive because again, I I really wanted to go back to the more like grounded, tense. Uh, different like setups from modern warfare because like look their depiction yeah. of u.s history aside i think the mission design was great it was really tense yeah. it was interesting and it was also very uh it was there was a lot of variety in each mission as well which is which is a really important factor for campaigns like this that are short but sweet and you have to have that that variety in there and that was something that modern warfare had a lot of yeah and I also think for me, it's just when the explosions and stuff go on for that long, it's just it hits that point of going like five seconds longer than it should. And then you're realizing that it's not really entertaining anymore. And then it goes another like 30 seconds. <laughs> and at that, that point, train you're just sequence like, is mind numbing. Like it's like it stops three different times. It's like watching the end of Return of the King. That whole sequence stops three different times and then keeps going. It's I'm going to have to watch crazy. it like right after we're done it's recording. It's I want to. I want to watch your reaction it, to it. Seriously, it's not I, yeah, it, be, it becomes almost funny instead of. Yeah, it's hilarious. I started laughing. Cool. I started laughing, like it was. Uh, anyway, I just hope it doesn't go that extreme. Yeah, because the plane crash wasn't that extreme. It was close, it's, but not it that extreme. Reminded me of it though. And it, we it also cut off before point. the whole sequence ended. We don't know how much longer it goes. Yes, yeah, that's definitely true. it cut off before it ended. I swear, if so, they go over like the cliff edge and the plane comes crashing down <laughs> after him, I will lose it. <laughs> I, I, I do lose my mind. It comes off the cliff and the wing is still on and it gets a little bit of lift and it starts flying away. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and then you've got to grab in... onto it. And you like, <laughs> and, and then you land on a fucking uh, uh, a snowmobile and you're going down. It's that part from Modern Warfare 2 back when they had the Glock on the snowmobile and then <laughs> you get on skis or something after that. I don't know. 
but and then you go up a ramp and there's a helicopter and then you go over the helicopter and you shoot an RPG down at it and it blows yeah, up. Yeah, and then it turns into SSX. Yeah, and you're yeah, on yeah, your yeah, thing, yeah. and you're on your snowboard and you're doing like triple corkscrew backflips and stuff. And there's an oh, avalanche. I'm so ready, dude. <laughs> I can't wait. We need to make the next Call of Duty campaign. I swear. Can we just pitch We're this? Qualified. We have so many ideas. Yeah. Uh, I one one interesting mechanic. I'm, I'm wondering if it was just in that section alone or it's something that'll. Uh, throughout the whole campaign you can actually like take people and use them as like meat shields which is actually a really cool idea that would and cool if yeah. that's something that that stays throughout the whole campaign that could be really cool and i, I did totally like that he like put a grenade on him pushed him away and then kind of got hurt yeah. by his own grenade see again that's because the whole he didn't like away and i'm like that's, that's cool no it's cool but again it's the whole thing where it's like that's so like needlessly over the top I don't know. That was fine for me. It w the stuff that was over the top was like the the RCXD chasing a plane and going faster than the plane was what was getting me. <laughs> like it wasn't that there was an RCXD. Like that was a little bit iffy for me. But it was the fact that Again, it was that's a, that's catching up to a thing. plane so going like, faster than like two jeeps. Nitro boost. It was going faster <laughs> than two jeeps, and I was like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of motors you got on this thing?" Uh, yeah, it it was iffy. Um, okay. So we have a multiplayer beta that just happened, and I think Ben and I For, are going to kind of step alpha. back. Alpha. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry it's an alpha like three months before the game releases. Yeah. How it's, horrible uh, of me to call something that is definitely not an alpha. It was a, a good demo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, this is this is I, closer okay. to like a real beta in that they could yeah. change things between now and launch, I, I but do want to give no way is this alpha. I do want to give them some credit. They refrained from having any microtransactions in the beta. Wow. I'm the very... <laughs> oh, God. Yes. The beta is not here. And look, that shouldn't be change. something that that shouldn't be something that's praiseworthy. But the I mean, fact I'm betting that they're calling showing it up an alpha because they're going to make a beta. There's going to be a beta um, and it will have microtransactions. Okay. All right. I so I want to start this section this time because I have the perfect yeah, way so, to start. So what I'm going to say before you start, Ben and I okay. haven't really played the console version so we're going to kind of step back a little bit. <laughs> uh, I'll jump in to kind of keep things on time because we do have other sure. topics to discuss. Sure. But Brett and Wyatt are going to have a field day with this. <laughs> uh, ben and I are seating because we're mostly Brett, PC before we start, players. I want you to know that you're a beautiful human and I love you very much. <laughs> Just, you know, no matter what I say, and no if, the alpha, say in this if episode, the alpha comes to PC, much. I'm sure Ben and I will hop in later on. But as of right now, we don't okay. feel qualified to make judgments on console shooters. I can I can sum game. up how I feel. I'm going to iterate on it, of course, but I can sum up how I feel very quickly. This is probably the most refined traditional Call of Duty game, and it would be a great, again, traditional Call of Duty game. The problem is it's not what Modern Warfare was doing, and that's very disappointing to me. Well, if it, if it had Modern Warfare as the title of the game, then I would agree with you. But unfortunately, the letters in Cold War do not spell Modern Warfare in, in really any sense of the words. So, well, I can't I, spell I at all. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> argument over. <laughs> uh, I thought it's, yeah, definitely the most refined, like, just like baseline COD game I think that they've ever made so far it feels like like just a really solid just going off from what i know just a really solid black ops 2 it, it felt very similar to black ops 4 actually like the the time to kill is very different a lot of the mechanics are different but it felt like that was their jumping off point rather it than makes sense yeah um 
like the, the, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, a lot of what was removed from modern warfare. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the cool stuff. <laughs> so there's no like opening and closing doors anymore. Which is dumb. I miss no. that. It was so like cool. That. It was, it added such a cool like layer to the map design and it's gone now. And there were so many times where I'd like run into a door, slide into it's, a door yeah. only to have it not open. It was really weird. No, there is not a single opening door on any of the maps. Like all of them are just yep. walls. That's it. Yep. It really um, sucks. There's no tactical sprinting. So they changed that to have uh, what's it called, like sprint drop off or something, where you start off with a faster sprint and then you slow down over time, which is a stat that you. Well, can I didn't even notice that. Yeah, uh, that's part of the problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I thought tactical sprint was really cool. Me too. Um, and I'm sad to see it gone and turn into something where it's far less noticeable than before. Yeah. Um, there's no mounting, which I thought mounting was really cool uh, and added, and again was kind of like a nice. Uh, like tactical layer to that Call of Duty formula that's now gone. And it's, I'm very yeah. sad about that. I um, liked that in Warzone and I did not like it in multiplayer. I, I did think not play that much promoted, Warzone, so I can't comment. <laughs> I think it promoted too much sedentary gameplay. Yeah, I agree. There's I, Warzone, I, I do want to say there's a difference between like just straight up camping. Because for me, I played a lot of like uh I, I don't play TDM at all. So I can't really comment on that. But when you're playing things like uh, ground war, domination, you know that sort of thing, being more like uh, sedimentary is sedimentary. Hard to, I can't talk sedimentary. right now. I can't talk right now. Anyway, Look, you know what I mean. Being more stationary is uh, is is fine. Like it doesn't. It, that's part yeah. of the the gameplay for those. Kind my of problem with it is that. Being stationary already gives you a tremendous advantage. So why yeah. did you need to amplify that times ten by and turning your gun into a laser beam? Yes, I and don't no. know the thing. Why it's yeah, like the 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 words in, in the bottom that describe the game modes of of domination and, and ground war and hardpoint and stuff say that you have to move to capture the objectives. But that doesn't mean that people are going to do it. You're still going to have one guy just sitting in, in in a lane, just mounted up with an LMG or something the whole game. See, See, that leads me perfectly into the next thing that I wanted to talk about because I always felt like people who were just sitting in one spot, it wasn't that big of a problem because of, of Modern Warfare's map design. Because at any point, at almost any point on any map, you're able to get shot from like five or six different spots. So someone just camping out in one spot, I feel like is not that big of a deal because there's so many ways to get the jump on them instead. Like, yeah, they'll get you once. But well, yeah. you know, if you know that they're there, you can take a completely different route to get there the next time and completely get the jump on them. I think the difference for me is like if there's no mounting, you could get away alive and be like, okay, well, I can't repeat that because he hit me six times. I'm on like one HP. With the mounting, he's never he's not gonna miss a bullet. You're dead for sure the first time. So you you yeah, you get to respawn, but it still feels kind of frustrating because it's like there's nothing you could have done to outplay that guy in that situation. You know, I don't know. I, like I disagree. Just won but, by default but, because it's mounted. But but this... what I what I wanted to continue to say was, um, the the map design was like the next big yeah. topic. Here's the thing. Uh, I was really worried when people were talking about the maps in Cold War that we were going back to the crappy, you know, three lane garbage. It's not. It's not. definitely yeah. no. Thank God. It's definitely much bigger than that. I, especially the Miami map was like surprisingly big. Like I feel, I feel like I would walk through that map and be like, okay, that's the whole map, and then I would discover a whole other area. 
Like I didn't even know that that whole beach area was part of the map until like yeah. three or four rounds in. And, and I was like, Oh my swim. God, you can swim. Yeah. So the map design isn't bad, but again, I feel like it lacks a lot of the cool, like parkour, uh, more unique ways of getting around the map, which is something I liked in modern warfare so much. Like, I feel like there was enough of that for me personally. Like I don't, there, there was I, I don't some, know but on the uh, the the Moscow map, I think it was Moscow, whichever one with all the the Soviet propaganda everywhere. It was uh, like yeah, a, Moscow. There's like a couple uh, like windows you can shoot in and like slide through because they're really close to the ground, and like you don't even yeah. have to shoot them; you can just slide into them and like just like crash through. It. And especially in those buildings, they have a lot of little ways to sneak around. I think that map's probably the best example of that sort of thing. Some, um, but, I, I but... do wish they had more in the other ones. But it's not like it's not to the point where it's like, oh my god, they completely removed it from the game and it's to its detriment. Oh no, they like, they, wish, they like, didn't. I wish there was more. They didn't, but they're more simplified than yeah. Modern Warfare's. And I know a lot of people did not like <clears> the map design when Modern Warfare first came out. I feel like that's partially due to the fact that they take longer to memorize than something like a Black Ops Four map or something. Yeah, and once people kind of three lines. That's the thing. I, like, like I feel like once you learn the map, it doesn't become nearly as frustrating. Like, I yeah. was very surprised when people were complaining about it when it first came out. But I feel like that's just because people hadn't learned the whole map yet. Now that people know the maps a lot more and kind of know how they flow more, I think you know, I, I I think they're mostly fine. And and that's the other thing too. I feel like they uh, Modern Warfare maps flowed a lot better because this one, you know, even though there's still some spots to kind of sneak around, it still feels a lot more uh, like directed which is probably what you know traditional call of duty fans want so i think Whatever. my problem with the modern warfare maps was there's just so unbelievably too many angles just i can't there's this one map what's the one map with the cave on one side and the not so cave on the other side the, yeah the cave I the cave <laughs> yeah exactly it's like if you want to go down mid you basically just can't because there's like six different angles from which somebody could peek you while you're running down that middle chasm there's just no reason to have that lane, you know, like you, you got to take your time. You, you have to like, I never like not to say that I didn't just get shot randomly. No, but, but that's but, not how Call of Duty works, because if you take your time, the spawns are going to flip three times before you get to the other side of the, the lane. I feel like that's a bit of an exaggeration. That's not true. Well, three is an exaggeration, but the spawns will, will actually flip every like 30 seconds. For, for are you long. talking about TDM or are you talking about like objective modes? Well, they won't oh, swap. Uh, they won't switch for for objective modes like that. That's what they I'm saying. Stay the same. Yeah. But uh, even TDM, but even for even TDM, so. I feel like 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 obviously three times the spawn swap is an exaggeration. I was being, I feel like, yeah, yeah. But but still, like I, I I personally felt like they never swapped in in Modern Warfare, and that like the spawns were terrible. And now I feel like in this game, in in uh, Cold War, they swap way too much. Like it was, you know, uh. You played on the the domination maps, right, Wyatt? Yeah. And they have they have a halftime now, which is I think that's new, unless I'm just stupid. But uh, at least I don't think it was in Modern Warfare. They have like a halftime now. Not where for domination. Spawns. Yeah. Where um, the, what were you gonna say? Me? Yeah. My point that I was trying to make. Oh, okay. Previously, was just that like there's a fine line between complex maps and overwhelming maps and i think a lot of the maps in Mar of modern warfare were overwhelming especially that city map where you just like you literally walk and there's just like you're open to 150 angles like i don't know mid is supposed to be risky like at the middle lane is supposed to be risky but not if you take your time it, i don't know like 
because I'm I'm just thinking about Counter Strike, right? Counter Strike. Think about the maps like Dust Two, Mirage, all these. When you go mid, there's more angles than anywhere else on the map because it is the middle lane, and that makes sense. It's supposed to be risky but very advantageous. But there's still no maps where you have more than four angles where you have to check mid. So your team, your whole team can do it. And if you're methodical about it, you can expose yourself to one angle at a time and work your way down. I felt like in Call of Duty, you could never do that. Where your best bet was you're exposing yourself to two, maybe three angles. And you just had to hope. You just had to pray that you picked the right one or something like that. You know, That tended to be my problem with most of the maps. I think that stems from people not not you know taking their time in observing everything well i also think that that's part of the nature of call of duty and yeah, that it's a much faster it's paced game well, it's, not than even fast paced. it's just like a lot of their design philosophy is not it's, yeah, about it's their design philosophy is different. players who are not necessarily it's not supposed to be like as competitive as, as a yeah. counter-strike is what well, and that's the point we've made before is that games aren't designed for everyone generally and that's okay like it's okay if you don't like a game. You shouldn't feel bad about that. Yeah. And go, go play stuff you do like. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. No, I, but... I also think that fits with a, a bit of what Wyatt and Brett were talking about with like people's reactions to things in Call of Duty. Is that Call of Duty is one of the biggest franchises on the planet. Right. So you get a lot of like vocal minorities of people that like really dislike one new feature, and and that's inevitable. And sometimes and... like it's it's the job of the developer to know when that is and is not. They kind of compounded that issue because they've done like the, the complete kind of like shotgun approach where they've tried everything at this yeah. point. Like they've tried they've tried like you know advanced movement, they've tried like hero-esque abilities, they've tried like all sorts of crazy stuff. So now they have fans going in every direction. Here's, I, I, look, I also want to say that, that I didn't I didn't hate the, this alpha. To be honest with you, it's quite good because I haven't gotten onto the stuff that I really liked yet because there's some stuff that they're doing that I love, 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 love. Top of the list, score streaks. Yeah. Not I only agree. have they returned, but they do not reset on death, which is just That was the a thing in one of the Call of Duties when you could like pick. Was, there there was a perk. Stuff. There was a score streak perk. No, but even before that, you could choose which type of store streak i forget which call of duty that was it was a modern warfare Maybe it was, it was modern, modern warfare 3 you could use okay. like assault yeah. support and yeah. something around i liked that actually i don't know why they got rid of that no I thought it was really neat it's one of those it, it's like one of those like call of duty staples where it's like how has this not been changed since like modern yeah. Warfare? it's yeah. such a rich get richer kind of system and i feel like with score streaks not only are you like encouraging people to play the objective more even though they still kind of don't. don't that's besides the point okay. look it's they still encourage it more and it allows people like me to you know uh get a chance at those score streaks a lot more for someone who does play the objective but also they don't reset so that allows for a lot more comebacks in a match yeah and for people who are just learning the game to yeah be able to use those fun abilities without having to uh just get good <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, sorry to all you pro gamers out there, but uh, turns <laughs> out COD was a casual game from the start. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> I, I really, I really like that, today. The, the idea of your score streak carrying over because, like, the idea yeah. with that one was like they were not nearly as deadly those score streaks, but you could get them. So it's like if you want to play it safe and get your score streaks this game, which you are almost guaranteed to do because now you don't lose your score streak when you die. Yeah. But you're not going to be able to get like your fucking your your chopper gunner, 
pardon my French, I'm sorry, but um, you're not going to get your chopper gunner. You're not going to get your AC-130, your things that are just like rich get richer. Yeah. Core streaks. I thought that was really cool. I don't know because it was no, a trade off. If you're going no. you're fishing for nukes because you're that you know gamer Chad who's really good at the video game, <laughs> you can do that. But if you're not a gamer Chad and you want to, you you get you know a good game. You get 20 kills and 15 deaths, but you still want to have fun with your pave low or whatever the heck you want. You can still do that. It it was much more inclusive. I liked that. No, uh, that was. I'm so glad it's here. I really hope they don't get rid yeah. of it because I want it to stay most definitely. I don't think they um, will. Usually, when Call of Duty makes a decision like that, they they keep it for this game. Like they might get rid of the next you'd game. Be, but they, you'd be surprised, know. especially with Black Ops. There's a lot of stuff that they introduce that they just completely remove. But anyway, there's there's more stuff I wanted to say. Yeah, uh, but you got to kick up the pace. No, 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 I know, I know. Uh, I think Call they have like talk about, okay. <laughs> they have larger capture areas for things like domination and hardpoint, which yes. is something I've been asking. Yeah, I noticed for, that they have like while. really defined lines of where they are as well. Yeah, I watched and the they're just like they're just bigger areas, which is really yeah. great. Uh, they they have they also have specific things for like uh, counter score streaks, which is really nice. So you don't have to rely yeah. on people to just shoot down. Also, choppers felt like they had like less health than they have before, which I thought oh, was kind of nice. All all um, vehicles do because you have that uh, that vehicle damage increase attachment yep. for weapons now, and weapons just do more in general. But that's that's a really good thing to add because I feel like in in ground war in modern warfare, if if you didn't have a rocket launcher, you're screwed when a tank comes to uh, for you. Uh, speaking of attachments, gunsmith is back, which is great, and they also yes. give you exact like percentage no uh, more percentages of like stats. Uh, like stats of what uh, attachments do. Finally, which is thank God. Thank yeah. that is the one God. thing with Warzone yeah, that gets me. It's like some of the some of the attachments in Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, literally just have like hidden stats. Like yeah, yeah. certain scopes will just so reduce recoil, and man. they don't say that. <laughs> and it's like okay, like why though? Yep. No. Why um, make it sad if you're not going to tell us? You know, it's weird. Shotguns are secondaries again, which I'm not entirely sure how I feel about. They're really good. Just, yeah. Uh, the spaz especially just spaz absolutely so just shredded people. You, uh, the AK-74 is like the king meta. I've had several games where people were just using the, the AK-74, and it was super annoying. They already uh, said they were going to nerf it. Balance. They're, they're going to nerf it, yeah. 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 Um, Hate on Call of Duty all you want, but they've gotten their weapon balance pretty good in the past. You know, Unless like, it's the M4 or the Grau. You know, well, yeah, but then um, they, they end up fixing it. Kind of. Kind of. I never got to play. Kind of. I never got to play the VIP mode. I never got to play the VIP mode, so I can't comment on that. But it seems kind of interesting. Um, health bars. I know. I don't know. Health bars. How much right. are like that? Health bars. Uh, I thought I maybe like that was it. something you can turn off, but you can't. Um, I'm at least neutral. not in the beta. I think they yeah. they said you can well, turn it off, like the YouTube influencer. That's not a fix for that. Saying that, I'm I'm neutral. Uh, I feel like that's just like, oh, let me turn off this inherent advantage. Yeah, it's like, what? That, that's a balanced yeah. decision, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about, um, I did not like combined arms at all. I thought it was terrible. Uh, I the, the the map armada was really freaking cool. <laughs> And I oh, yeah. really, really cool, but it sucks because it's like their uh, ground war, like like their ground war mode. The biggest problem, what absolutely killed it, you there's no squads and you can't pick your spawn point. You yeah. always start in your team spawn, which completely 
killed the pacing. And those like, do not swap ever. Yeah. And, and that's a lesson, no. like, Halo learned that lesson a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just look at Battlefield. They've been doing exactly. that kind of thing for so long. Look yeah. at the last game you guys published. <laughs> See, that, that's true. See, I feel like there are so many things that they could have kept that they didn't need to remove, but they did anyway. It's and so it is totally possible that we'll weird. get some of that stuff. Like, the spawning thing is probably easy for them to fix before launch. I think if I remember correctly, Wyatt, and I guess anyone else who played the, the Modern Warfare beta, maybe it was for the earlier one, but I don't think they had spawning on squad mates in the beta, and they added it when the game came out. Yeah, it I might be a time thing. Maybe, Maybe just it just wasn't ready yet. Future. But yeah. even then, you still can't spawn on the points that you're capturing. Like these well, are well, yeah, big, that, big yeah. maps. Like what the other map that isn't Armada, the one I didn't the like at all. One. That's a big map. Like, I mean, for me, the, the weird thing is that Star Wars Battlefront had this correct. The first, like the OG early two thousands Battlefront, yeah. had that. <laughs> well, because I mean, that's like the great that's like the push and pull of taking an objective like yeah why exactly. take an objective like yeah you get points but it also gives you like a tangible advantage now because you have a new spawn point exactly and especially yeah. on maps like the armada one where you don't have like like an lav that will carry like a team spawn point ahead yeah. like there's none of that and in either of the ones even the one on land um so i really hope they add that i agree with you why but i don't think it ruined it for me as much as it ruined it for you if i was playing on armada i was still having fun because like I feel like the like the set spawn points didn't ruin that map as much, and just that's that's just such a fun map to play on. Too. It's cool. Um, it's really cool. Boats. Yeah, it, you got like three or four different boats that are all ziplined to each other. You can like swim underwater, which I'm so glad is back. It's a really cool map. Uh, the other map sucked, and I hated it, and I did <laughs> I not it like okay. it at all. Uh, I, it probably would have been fine if they were spawning. I, I legitimately, it's the yeah, spawning it killed it a lot better. Completely killed it for me. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, like the shooting again felt very classic Call of Duty and didn't have that like that punch or that uh, kind of kick that Modern Warfare had that I like a lot. Uh, and also, I thought the sound design was completely neutered compared to Modern Warfare, which just has like the best. Uh, it's yeah sound. And it, it won awards like for reasons. Yeah, I mean, they put so much effort into just how they recorded, like not the not, not just like the, the audio quality, but how they recorded it was so important. Yeah. Okay. And it just feels completely new to. Oh, story about that. Can I? Are we cool with drugs on this podcast? No, we're not talking about drugs. Why? Why would <laughs> we talk about drugs on this podcast? Because no, it was it was myself who was under the influence, and. There. Yeah, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about. Yeah, it. that's not. That's not. That's. <laughs> All right, so we're hitting about the thirty-minute mark of talking about Call of Duty. Which... Yeah, it's a Call of Duty podcast too, Electric Boogaloo. Like, what you I have about? one last major thing, and then I'm. All done. right, we're uh, we're doing closing thoughts on it because we, we do need have to a move verdict. On. Cl like closing, a closing verdict. Sure. Um, I think it's good. Uh, I think it's like a good uh evolution of like classic Call of Duty. Uh, I think this is probably a Call of Duty that fans are gonna. Uh, accept a lot more than they did Modern Warfare, um, but it's not what I wanted personally. Little baby Wyatt, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, there, I I certainly have like some problems with it, but like just from from a from a million uh, you know asterisks alpha 
Uh, it was it was very fun. I think I had it could just be like like new new game ism, but I I thought it was more fun than I've been having recently with uh, with Modern Warfare. I did have fun to be to be clear. I That's did enjoy true. it. Yeah. And is that is that all that really matters? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is also easier to criticize things than to say what they do well because the, the oh, goal yeah. of a podcast like this is often to give constructive criticism. Yeah. And I think a lot of the stuff that's been mentioned is stuff that can be changed, which is good. Like, it doesn't sound like there's any core issues. I think I the thing think so. with Call of Duty, though, in that case, is, like, it's been around for so long, and it has its base formula down pretty pretty strong. So if you don't mention its base formula, you're kind of just, like, saying, yeah, you, you're still doing that good, but this yeah. new little thing you let added... Me, let me put it this way. I would be you know? complaining about this game a lot less if it hadn't come after Modern Warfare. If this had come right after Black Ops 4, I would be like absolutely amped like almost would consider a pre-order but the fact of the matter is modern warfare came out before this and that's why i'm complaining about it because i adore modern warfare (laughs) i don't know i don't blame you for that that's that's it's sensible i just yeah i just liked it a little more than you did and that's not okay (laughs) get out of the podcast you're done (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all gotta agree on the exact same thing <laughs> this is not a discussion based podcast alright so uh, and, and one last note on this, this Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is remaining $60 it is not a $70 game wow. that's not true, Which that's bring, not true. Is it? that's not true it is It is $70 if you want to get the, the, is it the next gen version of 70 because yeah. I, I just looked at the okay. pre-order and it was 60 I, I don't know no, Can if we? it's it might be the. But I, I was looking at the PC for order, not the uh, seen... not the Xbox or PS4 or PS5. It's yeah, the the PS5 one at least is seventy. Which All right, the seventy dollars is, a, is the, a bit of a harder sell for me. Just get the PS4 version and play it on a PS5. It's not like God of War. It's it's COD. Like you don't need it to What's be the, the PC most version of the game. Sixty. I, no it, I just looked at the sixty. Because you, right. you know. Go watch Jim Sterling because he's mad about that too, and <laughs> he can he can say it a lot more succinctly than I can. I'm not going to get into yeah. it right now. All right, so that Just brings us to our, our next topic. Technology. We got we got another discussion, and I want to bring up two specific games launching on the PS5. Those games are Demon Souls and Destruction All Stars, both of which will be seventy dollars at launch. Demon Souls is kind of like what? Because it's like it's it's a remake. A <laughs> and to be fair, uh, Blue Point did do the uh, the Shadow of the Colossus remake, which is pretty much universally renowned as a, okay. a fantastic remake, and it, oh, it yeah. did launch at full price, I believe. So it's not out of context for that, but at the same time, it's a little icky to me. <laughs> yeah, it's fuller it's, price. It's not full price anymore. Yeah, it's the thing. no, it's a remake, and it's fuller price. Yeah. Yeah, what what is what is fullest price? price already then? makes me unhappy. A hundred dollars yeah. is fullest price. It's the deluxe edition, <laughs> yeah. which we'll we'll have to wait for fullest price as long as we waited for fullest yeah. house. And I, I do want to give a little oh bit of background God. here. Yeah, I however think, long we waited for fullest house, I don't know. I, I think inevitably there will, when we people talk about the game price raising, there's inevitably inevitably going to be discussions about uh, inflation and the fact that games haven't changed price in a long time. There's a flaw in a lot of those arguments and that, yes, the games themselves have not changed price, but other things have. And, like, housing is exponentially more expensive than it's basically ever been. Uh, cost of living in most places is far higher than it would have been when, like, the N64 was out. 
So depending on on your life situation, seventy dollars now can be asking more than sixty dollars when. I think. Yeah. To me, like the bottom line is this: Yeah, money has become less valuable, but the gaming industry has become exponentially larger, and they're yeah, making an far exponentially well. larger amount of money. the The idea that they really don't have enough money to be making these video games is ludicrous to me. It's yeah. See, well, you know, like, you know why that is. That these companies are making. Tr- so much money exactly yeah it's yeah they don't need another 10 million dollar bonus just don't get that and your game can still be 60 dollars like relax yeah. it's like i absolutely think there there will be people that buy 70 dollar games i think oh, Demon yeah. Souls specifically will be fine because it has such a rabid fan base i probably won't pick it up at launch which kind of hurts Me to say because like i love demon souls but i i don't uh, think i'm gonna, i'm gonna have 70 dollars to spend on this after buying a console if you can yeah. even get a console, because like PS5, we're, yeah. we're not going to go into details on the pre-order fiasco, but the PS5 pre-orders have been a fiasco. I've been trying for days. The thing is, yeah. a $10 price hike isn't actually that intense. Like, it's not like, oh, no, like $70 instead of 60 Because to me, that's like, that's basic. It's pretty close to the same price. But like, it's, you know, when... When are they going to make it eighty? When and it's also a lot of these games exactly. have multiple editions, it and it's going to be and yeah. like you'll you'll have to pay the hundred dollars version if you want the season pass. And I'm I'm like, I, yeah, you're already paying so much money for things. And, and a good way to think about this is like, if you're paying full price for Game Pass, buying Demon Souls, that's seven months of Game Pass. Yeah, <laughs> that uh. it's also like seven months of PS Plus, which at this point, when PS Five launches, you're going to have a huge collection of PS Four games to play that are really good. And just like that's probably a better use for your money at the launch of the consoles because you'll yeah, have a great library sense. of good games that are are proven good, and you're paying way less. Well, I think I think that's more of an argument I, for I, the value of PS Plus and Xbox. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But whatever, because you know it, it's all relative, right? Bucks, right. Yeah. You know. it, it makes it a harder sell for these more expensive things when yeah. there's an option that is less expensive uh, and for, for like good quality, arguably better. <laughs> I, I also feel like. So I kind of expected like the the new seventy dollar base price tag to happen at some point. I think a lot of people oh, were. It, they've been talking. Developers forever. have been talking about it for a long time. I I don't have the biggest issue with it. I just think that right now is such yeah, a yeah. It's, it's a bad time. Oh, yeah. This is this is absolutely and, and, and partially, the worst time to do and this. And partially in their defense, like depending on on what their financial situation looks like, they may not have much of a choice in the matter. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know those specifics. Pushing for this decision, we don't know those specifics. So, like, we, we you know we can't say. But but it's a bad time to to do something like this. But they may not have a choice in the matter. We don't. Yeah. We don't know that. And so, something I want to mention is the kinds of games that are doing this seventy dollars push. I was going to say that. Too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. I think to me, like the the big warning sign here is that a lot of games that are like large budget single player things are not seventy dollars. The stuff that's becoming $70 is remakes like Demon Souls and yep. like weird multiplayer stuff like Destruction All Stars. And like, I was, uh, you guys can go back and watch the episode we did on the first PS5 showcase. We were all pretty excited about Destruction All Stars. But it being $70 instantly kills it for me. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, that game kind of game being full price kind of makes me like, oh. Exactly. Really like, that's that? the kind of game I would have expected to launch at like. $30, $40, or be free to play. Yeah. Now, to be fair, we don't 
we don't know 100 yeah, know how much content it has like there could yeah, be so right. much maybe it has like a huge content. single player maybe it has a huge multiplayer know. component because because there are games that like if say cyberpunk was one of those games that released at 70 dollars, like the way it's been and, and again we don't know 100 percent it's not out yet but like the way that game has been shaping up i feel like 70 a 70 dollar price tag would like be justifiable for a game because that's I a think big so. game. That because but that's also one i mean i would say small studio but they're really not but they're not, no, they're, they're yeah, not a small studio independent studio no right, the but second. It, it's one studio who doesn't who's not under the umbrella of some like gigantic publisher yeah, like it's not they, they publish who has been making this game for so long now it makes yeah. sense that they might need a little bit of extra cash off this one to ride the to you know to make it to their next project but something like destruction all-stars makes me kind of wonder why do they need that money <laughs> yeah where, where is it going like, is i it feel like fun destruction all-stars development or is it just going to be one of those things where maybe the game they're, they're pushing the game out they're not expecting it to do super well and, and the people buy it at 70 dollars and they drop support like I don't know. Of course, I don't know why they wouldn't expect it to do super well because it's, it's one of the only launch bad. titles for PS5. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And know. and I feel like with with every like new console generation that comes out, the first like the first lineup of like the launch lineup for any of those games, with with a few exceptions, obviously, they're usually like smaller yeah. scale experiences, and then later on you get. You get games for that generation that are much, much bigger in scope. So I think in a couple of years or even a year from now, who knows? I think that seventy dollars price tag will be much more justified as we get like yeah, you know Ubisoft absolutely. games, which like will have enough content to justify seventy dollars, that kind of thing. Right. But right now, but but right now, it's a hard sell with things like remakes and games like uh, Destruction All Stars that are yeah. either remakes or smaller. But I think that seventy dollars price tag will be a lot. Uh, a much easier pill to swallow a year or two. Yeah, from and I'm I'm also wondering if it'll affect how people feel about games getting discounted soon after launch. I yeah, I was I was gonna say here's a <laughs> here's a hot tip. I know it's really tantalizing to go for that cheaper discless PS uh, PS5, but get the one that can take discs in and then just buy whatever game it, you it'll want to likely buy, like, save you money two, in the long run. Yeah, buy yeah. it like two months after launch, and then like someone on eBay will be saying, "Oh, I tried it, and it's the worst game I've ever played, and I hate it, so I'm selling it for forty dollars." And then there you go. You, you you will not do that with the uh, with digital ones. Yeah. I have a yeah. You'll save you'll save that hundred bucks in no time. Like literally yeah, for two, sure. two game purchases, and you've probably saved two used game purchases. And that's and, not even mentioning like, the stuff you've like got movies a, and whatnot. Yeah, you've a got a Blu-ray player, Blu player for an yeah. extra hundred dollars. That's, that's the thing. That's my PlayStation Four has been my Blu-ray player since Absolutely. I bought it. Yeah, that's the reason I'm going to go for the disc version. It's just because I I need that Blu-ray oh, player. I also want to go for the disc version. Disc version because like sometimes I like to have the physical version as like a collector thing. But yeah. like, what's the point of having that if I can't even use it? And and yeah. for for someone like me, where uh, I grew up in like middle of nowhere, you know, in Vermont, where we had the worst internet possible. If I had an all digital oh, PS5, absolutely. that oh, would drive God. me insane. It's a safety yeah, net. Like that that extra hundred dollars is this beautiful safety net where I don't have to rely on my crappy, crappy, like and you don't you know, need farm to, internet. You don't have to keep going through deleting old games and yeah. installing new ones. Yep. As much. I mean you anyway, probably will because the bet is like, you're you're so likely you, gonna need to install things onto the SSD. You will, yeah. but hopefully it'll probably be really still, fast, but you will yeah. have to do it. Hopefully a good chunk of that game will still be on the disc, you know? Yep. Like, it's not like downloading Call of Duty Modern Warfare onto your PlayStation. <laughs> 280,000 gigabytes. Plus, 
Plus, <laughs> there's always that nice little surprise when you get uh, a nice new physical copy of a game, and yeah, it has nice. and it has a reversible oh. it has a reversible cover that's ten times cooler oh. than the official cover. Yeah, and oh, you open yeah. up, you, you smell it. It smells wow, like that. Whoa! All right, like, bud. Like, like I'm like I'm looking at the I'm looking at the uh, PS4 Spider-Man case right now, and the reversible cover for that or like looks so cool. Steelbooks. So cool. Why steel would books, I buy I love steel steel books. Books. Yeah. yeah, without a disc. True. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that that's our our. Th this is going to be part of the larger discussion we're having of like successfully launching a console, which I think is is a little iffy right now just just because of the covid situation with everyone is it's right. really hard to predict how consoles are doing with this okay but real talk they're gonna kill it oh they yeah, absolutely will they're gonna oh, kill it. Yeah, but it's like it. any console launch aside from the wii u is gonna kill it yeah uh it, it's kind of a given well, it's more how will they do in the like month after launch yeah, that yeah. people are really curious about um, and one thing we didn't mention, PS5 got prices. I think this is it's within the range people expected. It's 500 for disc version. It is version. exactly what I expected. Yeah, 400 <laughs> for disc plus. I was so worried they were going to be like six, 700, kind of like PlayStation yeah. 3. I'm but... really glad they're not. That, that's, they're I also think that's definitely big. saving a lot of pre-orders. Uh, like right. official, uh, like a, no, no, I'm just saying like, like official kind of measurements for them are out. They're big and they're thick, like three sneeze. You know what? It's insane. That's not even a bad thing. That's a good thing to me because that means that hopefully it won't be a jet engine in my, <laughs> in my underneath my desk. Oh, you I'm know? not even I'm saying it's a bad play. thing. Yeah. The only the only reason I say it's a bad thing is because you have this large console yeah. that's also weirdly shaped and so no, it yeah. may not fit in anyone's. Uh, like I do media. understand that concern, but I also I I mean I'm obviously um, not obviously, but like I'm much more of a uh, function over form kind of guy so it's like i'd rather my console be nice and cool and crank it out as many frames as possible under my desk because it's ugly than it'd be <laughs> like a glorified paperweight that catches yeah. on fire when i play the last of us 2 like that's you know that's my idea but obviously some people like their home entertainment system to be a cohesive part of the living room. And, and the only counter, that. the only counter argument I have to that is that PlayStation have specifically said they want it to kind of be this centerpiece in your living okay. room and have it have a lot of attention. So it's kind of designed. Yeah. To, I understand to the design. I disagree with everything about it. I think that's where <laughs> I a lot of people where are. they're coming from. I, I don't agree with the path they took to reach that. Goal. I will say, I will say, I, I don't like it. I will say slap a, D brand skin on it, make it all black. Yeah. Looks Chill. a thousand times better. In yeah, my opinion. absolutely. If, if the PS5 was like all matte black, I would love it a lot more. Um, yeah. As soon as I look, as soon as I get mine, yeah. I'm getting D brand skins to go along with it. There's, and, and like to I'm me, not leaving it white for very long. Is I look at my side, I have my PS4, and then I have my Switch dock on top of the PS4. I can't do that with the PS5. That yeah. that's like actually almost a negative selling point for me because yeah. it makes Same. organization hard. But for me, I'm just going to get it and put it on the ground next to my computer and plug yeah. it in. I mean, I'll likely end up standing it up and putting it to the side. But, but, but anyway, launching is... consoles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So we, we've talked about price. We've talked about, we, we briefly mentioned the launch fiasco or the pre-order fiasco, uh, which is still kind of ongoing. Sony has said they're making more PS5s available soon and that there will be a second and possibly like continuing wave of pre-orders up in the next few days. Uh, I'm not sure if those will have happened by the time you guys listen to this podcast since it is coming out two days after we record it and we don't know if it's in that time period or not. 
but yeah, odds are soon we will have more pre-orders up, and hopefully it won't immediately get caught up by scalpers, which was oh, a huge issue. Don't even, don't even say that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I mean, think Series hear... X is in a better position for that, just because they, no, nothing has broken street date yeah. yet. Uh, so hopefully they launch on on schedule, and everyone has time to prepare to get their PS or their their Xbox Series X or Series S when it launches for pre-order. What I... Uh, but but on the topic of of launching, I think like one of the smoothest console launches we've seen like within you know the past you know ten fifteen years or so probably the Switch to be perfectly honest with you. Oh, yeah. without a doubt, Are you kidding? Switch me? launch yeah. was super smooth. The Switch, yep. the Switch murdered it. It was perfect. But it, I think the Switch is also a unique situation in that it, it had no competition at the same time and continues to have no competition because it's a different well, yeah. device. But well, it's the thing Nintendo has always been in their own. World you know, but but uh, consoles. But let's put that let's put that aside for a second, because let's really think about this. Because they completely, for a lot of reasons, the Wii U didn't work. But I think one of the biggest reasons was that they did not make it clear what the Wii U was. They they did an absolutely terrible job of being transparent and being like, "This is a new console. This isn't an add-on to the Wii." Because everyone was confused about that. One of the unsung heroes of the Switch and its launch was that reveal trailer because they didn't use a single word and they perfectly, that 100% perfectly described and showed off what the Switch is and yep. why you want it. And the, it the was Switch absolutely beautiful. has remained like a super iconic sound since then. Literally just this like snap and it, it's a, a perfect sound. Everyone knows it's a Switch when you hear it. Um, and, and PS5 and Xbox really don't have that. Well, yeah, no, they don't. <laughs> PlayStation, uh, PlayStation's like swirl. I can't make the noise because I don't. I'm not a computer, but you know yeah, what? I'm talking about. Yeah. They're, they got the weird yeah, exactly. ass like <laughs> Xbox has nothing. I don't. They don't have a jingle. Well, because like even like like I don't like uh, the Switch turns on and it does the Switch noise, but like the PS4 turns on and it does like an angry industrial <laughs> yeah. that makes you think that like cyborgs are gonna take over the world, and then Xbox <laughs> just says the do 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 that is done for the past like eight yeah. millennia. But that's Excuse not me. at all. You know what? You know what Xbox have that they don't? <clears throat> World premiere. <laughs> oh, they do because that's right, a game awards right. thing. That was originally a game awards thing, and the game and awards had it. that. <laughs> yeah, but Xbox was like, "That's mine, though." <laughs> it's everyone's now. Everyone does it. All right, yeah, yeah. Jeff Keighley. So moving past that, I think uh, the final like thing to really talk about with the launches is launch titles. And this is where things get really contentious. Yeah. Not, not even contentious, just weird. Just, un yeah. just unfortunate. Because like with the PS4 and Xbox One, backwards compatibility wasn't a thing. So there, there was like basically neither of the of the PS4 or the Xbox One had games worth playing when they launched. The Switch no. didn't have that problem because it had Mario Kart, it had Zelda, uh, but PS4 and Xbox One had ro rocky starts because of the lack of actual games. And no backwards compatibility. This Rise next generation, Rome, Knack. Are you just gonna <laughs> yeah. completely forget about those classics? Instant classics. All right, no, wait, moving past Knack and Rise, <laughs> Son of Rome. We have both the PS4 or PS5. Actually, I, the Xbox One doesn't have a ton of launch titles. No, but it, it has like none. it has basically nothing aside from like third parties that are also on PS5. But it does have Game Pass. This uh, is true. Which is instantly a, a very big sell, especially for the Series S all digital version. Oh, yeah. uh, if you just want a Game Pass box, that's your way to go. 
which is also, you know, has now has like EA Play and it also yeah. has uh, it's going to be getting X Cloud if you get the ultimate version fairly soon as well. And important note on console, EA Play is locked to ultimate. It's not base version, uh, but still, that is still great value and you get tons of stuff. Uh, yeah. So it, it will it's not like you're going to get these consoles and have nothing to play. It just may not be next gen yet, which yeah. is the, the concern. Uh, PS5 doesn't really have this problem. It ha- it's got Demon Souls. It's got oh, yeah. Destruction All Stars. You know, there's a there's a handful of launch titles as well as all the stuff like uh is is not Gods of Monsters. Gods of Monsters is later, but Valhalla is gonna be close there's to launch or on launch. Um, still, for me, PlayStation Five doesn't have anything that's like I got. I have to get this console on launch kind of deal. You know, like even with you know, the, even Morales is the one that's closest for me. And I'm still like, well, I could just go play my old Spider-Man game until I, until the PlayStation Five has more. Very bizarre to have like the big launch of your new console and have that entirely rest on an expansion to an older game. Yeah, yeah. which is really like, bizarre. Imagine if the new God of War was coming out with the PlayStation Five. Obviously, that would be a bigger sell. But I would, I would be on that like, yeah. like that. I would have that console pre-ordered already. I'd be at GameStop waiting in line twenty-five <laughs> yeah. years before that thing came out. I'd be ready to go. They, like, let's put hindsight aside and like obviously. how those games. Because like something I have to think about too is that like obviously Xbox One and PS4 they didn't have great launch titles either, right? But yeah. putting aside how those games actually turned out, you looked at like the PS4 launch and it had a new kill zone, which everyone was like freaking out about, especially because it looked absolutely gorgeous. Where is it? It's, it's it kind of does. To be honest, <laughs> freaking out about like Killzone. like it, it still yeah, had Killzone that. did look great when it launched. Okay, and like like Killzone that was like the big thing. And, and, was, uh, like, in Infamous was a huge selling point for a while because mm-hmm. Infamous had all those particle effects, which Infamous it didn't end up coming game out game. on launch, but it came out. It came out soon. After. Fairly quickly after launch. Infamous but, was good though. Like I mean, Infamous. Uh, no, Infamous was. Yeah. I love that game. Uh, but but there's not because uh, again, like you know, Killzone Shadowfall was like eh. But like at the time, that was like whoa. Like it's like this huge leap in graphics. It looks super cool. Yeah, it was like a well-known franchise. Everyone was like really excited for it. We don't have that here. We have an yeah, expansion nope. to a game and a which, remaster to a, to a really good game. To be fair. And it's probably going to be great, but it's still an expansion and it's not exactly, it doesn't drum up the same kind of excitement. We have Destruction All-Stars, which is a completely new IP from, uh, we also was, have who's even the developer? Boy, a big adventure. Um, Yo! Yeah. Look, look I, I'm sure people who love uh, Little Big Planet are going to be, it's not a system seller, is what I'm saying. No. Yeah. It's not. Uh, and, and, and. You know, like who who even who's even making Destruction All Stars? Is is it a, a studio? I believe that it's first party from one of the Sony studios. Okay, but but again, it's like new uh, IP. It's exciting. Games. No, it's what it seems like. It's it's just a bunch of you know how console launches always come with. I just thought of this right now, and it's really clever. It's like stocking stuff for games. You know, you got your big yeah. main title, and then you got a bunch of other stuff to kind of fill your time when you're done with that game. Saying there's no but there isn't a big enough main it's, title. Yeah, it's all stocking stuffers right now. Yeah. Okay. I think their big main title was supposed to be Miles Morales, but again, it's like yeah. an, an expansion doesn't drum up the same kind of hype as because, if they had uh, like yeah. you know the new Horizon at launch yeah. or something. If they had Horizon at launch, oh my god, yeah, exactly. like people would be going. But insane. I mean, the reality here is that the the Xbox has nothing. 
And the PS5 at <laughs> least has Demon Souls. <laughs> like, literally nothing. I have said this, like, I've said this before. Xbox has nothing now, but I think they're really well set up for the next couple Oh, years. they're set up Probably. good for now, too, because of Game Pass, but that's mostly for people that don't already have one, right? Yeah. Or a PC that can use it. Whereas I think PS5, the, the benefit both consoles have is that they have this huge back catalog of great games that you are able to play on launch from the get-go, either with PS Plus or with your, your PS4 copies of games. Or uh, I think series uh, Xbox One copies of games. So mm -hmm. you already have, like, e even if you're getting this console and you're not getting a launch title, you still have this huge back catalog of stuff. And you're also Speaking getting compatibility. Like, as soon as the PS5 comes out, the PS4 is, like, deprecated, right? Yeah. Because the PS5 can do everything the PS4 can do, as well as a lot more, all better. Uh, same for the Xbox Series X. Yeah. So so <laughs> either way, like I think p hardcore fans will still be buying these because they are literally just straight improvements on everything well, that I mean, already exists. Hardcore fans are going to buy a new PlayStation anyway. Yeah. But there's also, like, there's they're, also they're an argument. A lot for it this time. The track so, record, of course, is that there's always going to be a point when these consoles will be worth the purchase. Yeah. It's just like... And the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that, uh, you know, because of what's been going on with with covid it might actually be you might actually have a better chance at getting a ps5 now at a better price point than you will after its launch like that, we, we have no idea we have no idea how covid is going to affect uh production and availability for these things like we they're hard to get right now but god knows what'll happen post launch maybe even harder to get like the price may have to increase we have no idea so it might be a better yeah. idea to get one now than than later even if there's nothing there the availability yeah. might be... And the reality <laughs> is there is stuff there so long as you're interested in games that already exist. Yeah. yeah. But you can rest easy knowing that there's going to be games that come out for it that you Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Like, but you can't sell... But you, you should never, right. ever, ever buy any kind of hardware with the promise of cool software down the line. You no, that's never, true. ever do that. Yeah. That's it's, true. It's such a risky... And look, I, I know it's PlayStation. They've been hit. It doesn't matter. You never ever buy hardware with the promise of software of cool looking. I mean, that's right true, now. but the, the the big thing we keep forgetting is that we don't need to look for stuff in the future because there's stuff that's here right now that will be better on this console. Oh, I know, right? But, but like for playing, who are imagine like, oh. playing Bloodborne at 60 FPS. Whoa. With loading times that make sense. <laughs> it oh will be God. bonkers. Like that's a system seller to me. <laughs> I say that kind of as a joke, but kind of not. Like I, yeah. I had issues playing Bloodborne because of how choppy it can be. But imagining playing that at like a locked high frame rate at high resolution is super tempting. I think that like any gaming hardware launch is gonna just be absolutely living in the shadow of the Switch because not only was it super unique hardware, but it also had yeah. probably one of the best games of the last ten years. As a I mean, it tempted to say one of the best games ever. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I've never played a Zelda game before, and it's probably one of my personal favorite games ever made. Yeah, I played the all the Zelda games. It was one of my Breath favorites. of the Wild is a freaking masterpiece, and the fact that it like the Switch would not be where it was if it didn't if it wasn't a launch title. Like, absolutely, I wonder what the Switch, Switch launch would have looked like without Breath of the Wild. Because I mean, Breath of the Wild had over a one hundred percent attach rate for a while. Yeah, it sold more copies than the Switch sold. <laughs> people were buying it in preparation for getting a switch later which i think is hilarious uh yeah yeah and, and that was also a title that was available on wii u as well 
So like Funny. it was in a weird position. And a game like that is the perfect game to launch because it'll take up so much of your time. But by the time you're finished with it, oh look, here's Mario Odyssey, here's Mario Kart, here's Smash. Yeah. Like by the time you're done with it, there's gonna be more games ready for you that they didn't have at the time. Yeah. All right. I also do want to pose a question to everybody. Do you guys think there is a even the slightest chance that Cyberpunk launching not on next gen? right after next-gen console launch will have any impact on how the launches go? Of the consoles or yeah. of Cyberpunk? Of, of the consoles. No. Wait, why? So, so, so Cyberpunk comes out like two, a, a week after the two consoles launch. Yeah. But it's not on those. So Just I'm curious. Not. I want to see player upgrades. numbers. They've, they've they promised, promised upgrades, but in the future. Okay. Right? Like, it's uh -huh. not, they're not on launch. That's funky. Um, so I'm I don't curious really... as to what's going to happen. I want to see if there's like a huge it'll drop in player It'll affect the sales numbers. of the game more than the console, to be honest. Yeah, I think so too. It's, yeah, if anything. But it, even then, I don't think it's going to be like like a huge, crazy, like oh, if sales are down like 50% than expected because no one's buying it because they're waiting for the PS5 version. I think well, I also be think like, it's because C like CD Projekt has said they're giving upgrades for it's, both yeah, versions. Too. So yeah. I don't know if it's going to affect sales either way. I just want to see those player numbers. Like, if, if we if we get a distinct like week after Cyberpunk comes out where people aren't oh, playing okay. like PS5 games because of Cyberpunk, <laughs> I, I want that st those statistics. Well, yeah, I mean, because people are gonna go back to their PS4 to play it. I mean, they'll probably stick it in their PS5 to play it because it will likely work on the PS5, just oh, not be upgraded. It's yeah. Oh, well, if it's gonna work on the PS5, well, then it's not gonna make a difference. It's just not a PS5. It's but, interesting but, timing but, that it isn't launching as PS5 or and Xbox Series people X. People may not play it. Well, like, like even if you can play it on a PS5, they may be like, "No, I want to wait until the upgrade comes out so I can play, it's, so I can yeah. start playing the game with those upgrades." The yeah. definitive version. I think it's a weird situation considering that it's like such a hyped game is coming out. Yeah. At such an odd I think time. that might be one of the games people buy. Well, you don't have to buy it twice. That's the thing. I think people will just play it. I think most people are just going to play it. Yeah. I don't think. People are gonna care enough. I think it's gonna work. If I didn't, if I didn't own a PC, I would want to play yeah. Cyberpunk in the best possible way on, so you a, on, on a PS5. So no, quiet for <laughs> a second. God, I would, I would like, I would wait until there's like a PS5 version until the upgrades come. I'd be like, no, I'm really excited, but I want to play this game in the best way possible. You know, if I'm a console player, I would just wait for the upgrades because I want the best possible first impression. Personally. I don't care. I'm just. I just play it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think there's definitely going to be some people like Wyatt because Wyatt's here and he's one of those people. <laughs> but, Therefore, he has to represent some. Well, no, there has to be population. some demographic. Yeah, right. There has Wyatt. to be one in four. <laughs> but yeah, you know, imagine playing a game. It, I would. I would. It's not the exact same thing, but imagine playing like Arkham Knight on PC when it first came out, and then playing it on console. You would Wyatt, have such that a is horrible far taste. No, from no, no. even comparable. <laughs> I know, but what I'm really worried about is that like <laughs> Cyberpunk is just not going to run very well on console. We don't know That's that, but it's. But I'm really concerned. Yeah, that, it's that just is not a valid concern. I think. That's certainly possible. It's very well optimized for PC, from what we understand, and like the PC like yeah. spec. But like The Witcher Three was super low. optimized for PC when it launched, but it had some issues on console. But yeah. what if? Yeah, like what if the ps4 version is locked to like 30 fps or something oh most definitely i mean yeah, ps4 version is going to be locked to 30 fps i think almost certainly. i was maybe, shocked, maybe the the alpha, I was shocked when the alpha for black ops cold war was 60 frames per second i that was yeah I, that's I, impressive yeah. 
so but maybe you know if the ps5 version comes out it's like 45 fps 60 fps who knows Johnny no no it, it'll run sweat on his forehead you I, might want these things i'm convinced that they'll probably be able to get it at 60 frames for ps5 and series x i i oh the, i think for series x and ps5 yes uh at least if you if you're not doing 4k Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so yeah. I did bring up Cyberpunk for a reason, aside from just that. Uh, we we hadn't had yet to talk about the Night City Wire that just happened, uh, which had some cool announcements about like the gangs. But I think the the more interesting uh, thing that has come out out of that is that the Cyberpunk campaign is going to be shorter than Witcher Three's, specifically because a lot of people didn't fit, finish The Witcher Three. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I think for me, that's like <laughs> far. That's above fair for me. That's like a very good point. Like I finished Witcher three, but I'm a hardcore RPG fan, and it took a while. I mean, so... the thing, the thing with The Witcher three though is like it wasn't like too long, you know. Like it was just too long for people who didn't have that much time. It was like Return of the King. Where it, it wasn't ended. like The Last of Us two that was too long, but it was <laughs> it like all of the the parts of it made sense in yeah. the story like they weren't they weren't stretching it out they just told a very long story yeah it was an epic story and i think yeah. cyberpunk is definitely going to go for more of the uh shorter and highly replayable angle yeah. which i personally Good. think is, is which i mean you can already see that thing for cyberpunk but the character creation that we've seen yeah yeah it's already like 10 times more playable than playing Geralt again but yeah not that i have anything wrong with Geralt, but I will totally make Geralt and play Geralt again. <laughs> and th- there was definitely a there was Geralt definitely a, a a notion with a lot of people that they were uh, kind of disappointed that you can't like directly join a gang, which is something that they talked about in the uh, uh, that in is that true. live stream. The Night City Wire. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you can't directly go- join gangs. Uh, it's more like you do missions for the gangs that you want to yeah, support. Yeah, kind of like a. A hired hand because like you that. are a member of yeah, your own community right you're a member of the afterlife merc group so you already have that kind of big right. in your identity plus whatever your start is right so you'll you'll also be either a corpo nomad or a street kid so there's already yeah. tons of different like alliances and whatnot you'll have as a character and i think this will likely prevent scenarios like the the skyrim situation of suddenly yeah, becoming the guild leader of every single guild after like a week yeah that 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 was gonna say is like i think that leaves a lot more space for narrative absolutely freedom going on just because like you're not it wouldn't make sense it would be very immersion breaking if you like it's... join the gang and then you go over to the rival gang and you're like i'm gonna join you now too because it's I, a... like if they didn't allow you to do that they'd cut off so much content it's a commitment to their world or to the yeah. to, to the world less so than like them not providing more content. I think so. You know. Yeah. yeah. And I, I also think it'll lead them to them to have narrative freedom in the sake of like maybe you can destroy a gang, or yeah. like you'll have lasting impact on these gangs in ways that would not be possible if you were part of them. Which I think will yeah. be very interesting to see. Uh, so th- that's most of our topics. We we've covered pretty much everything there's like various little bits of news but most of that stuff is is like bloomberg articles that really aren't that interesting so that's that's it for the main part of the podcast which means we're now on to everyone's favorite segment shout outs oh i love it well if you love it ben you get to go first second only oh. to the game obviously. Oh, this is shout 
Ow. rip game. <laughs> Shout out to the two little Advil. Well, actually, I'd be broken. That test brought me while we were doing this, and my headache's gone now. So, thanks. <laughs> well, that's good. Nice. Yeah. That was wholesome. I like that. Who's next? What? Uh, I'm I'm looking it up right now as like a um, uh, as a reference point because I wanted to shout out something I, I remembered today. I I wanted to shout out all of the hilarious book titles in a uh, Doom Eternal. If you if you're in the uh, uh. if you're in a, if you're in his fortress and you go to his shelf, there's like all sorts of hilarious uh, book titles like uh, How to Comb Your Mustache, uh, Vault Dweller's Survival Guide to Pray or Not to Pray. Uh, hell's i love, I love uh, it cooking sure. from hell's kitchen thy flesh consumed which is a, a doom reference because one of the original uh, yeah levels was called thy flesh consumed they also have a commander keen helmet uh yeah just sh- and just in general shout out to uh, uh developers who sneak in funny little wool jokes like that yeah I I love that so see that's how you add fan service to a video game this is true yep. or All to right. a story not that like means it's breath's turn sorry um, shout out to uh, uh, Gilgamesh. I just finished playing Final Fantasy V for the first time <laughs> the other day, and that that boy has the coolest theme song of anything ever on any SNES game, and it made he made me laugh. And now I'm going to play the other ones that he's in because I miss him. He's gone. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna dedicate my shout out to a uh, a little thing called Thug Pro. Which is a mod for Tony Hawk's Underground 2, which lets you play levels from all the Tony Hawk's games Ooh. in Underground 2, which is really fun. It's great. That's cool. Yeah, that, that, that's it. That's it. So yeah. I think that means we're ready to go. We're ready to end the podcast. We've, we've gone on to our, our standard length now. We had a good discussion covering a lot of topics, and that means it's time to play the outro. So have a good yeah. night, evening, morning, wherever you are. Gamer time. Uh, I feel Gamer like time. legitimately kind of out of breath. Actually, <laughs> yeah, um, same. I want to say we still gotta let the outro play. You know the outro is playing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah we talk. We talk during the outro. You I know, but you, you were you were talking. You were talking as if you were about to go into something that probably shouldn't be said on a podcast. <laughs> uh,